Tobias goes to Jake and he's like, I can get her out. I know how I'm going to do it. Um, and, uh, I, she's not a controller, but the Yerks are watching her. Uh, Jake's like, you don't know this. She's not a controller. And, um, Tobias is like, uh, yeah, I know she isn't because, you know, I, I watched her for hours and Axe and Marco are watching her now. Like, we'll, we'll know by the time we try to get her out whether she's a controller or not. Um, and also Tobias has, uh, uh, the reasoning that I don't think the Yerks want her, not as a controller, because she's blind and to them, uh, they don't want a blind host. Um, Screams in Constance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, Danielle? Hi, hey, Danielle? Fuck mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danielle. <laughs> doing this. Fuck you twice. <laughs> uh, so- I'm just hearing this. Uh, I'm just... Sorry, I'm just the, the notion of a yeah being like, I'm sorry, I want a house so I don't have to be blind. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. Act sucks, actually. Just ignoring the fact that, you know, there's so many other senses. And, uh, mm-hmm. But yes, we've, we can't get back into the weeds about yuck ableism as well as... Mm-hmm. This is not the only instance we've seen, and Tobias is not off the mark by right. suggesting this. Right. Uh... And Jake's like, um, they'll, like, this is gonna be a trap. Uh, they'll be waiting for you. You have to walk away and forget her. And Tobias, like, isn't taking his bullshit and is like, like, you've forgotten your parents and Tom. <laughs> Which is a low blow, but he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tobias is like, you haven't forgotten your family, Jake, no matter what you say, and I can't forget mine. I'm getting her out. Um, and Tobias, uh, and Jake is like, how are you going to get her out? Um, and Tobias is like, I, by taking a huge risk, one you probably won't like by asking you to trust me. Um, and Jake realizes what Tobias is planning, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, and I did not see this coming up until the moment where it was clear <laughs> what it was, and I was like, "When it was, when it, I, I was like, oh shit, oh shit." So mm-hmm. I was very happy about mm-hmm. it. But I love that it's unspoken here between mm-hmm. these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jake tells Tobias, "Take Rachel. You'll you'll need her talents." Um, and then we get a brief interlude um, as Tobias goes over to Rachel. Uh, to ask her to come along with him of, like, what's going on in the Hork-Bajir Valley? Uh, it doesn't suck for once. It Good doesn't suck for once. Rider. Yeah. Um, the Hork-Bajir are building a bunch of cabins for the Animorphs' families. Um, it, you know, another weird irony being that, like, this is the worst case scenario for the Animorphs, but it seems to have energized the Hork-Bajir um some of them are combat training uh toby is leading a group to kind of debrief marco's mom to get to basically just pull all of the information that she has out of her no cat um and another group is following around cassie and her family because they just love her family which is so on point <laughs> uh. <laughs> um 
Cat, make better decisions. Um, and also Rachel's mom, uh, is drafting up a constitution. And I actually really like how this is put because in my memory, it was much more gross. Um, but the way that this is described is that the hork are trying to figure out their self-governing, like how they're going to govern themselves, right? Um, and so they decide they need a constitution and they want Rachel's mom specifically just to draft it because you need a lawyer to draft these kinds of things to like put all the legal information in there. Um, and so like Rachel's mom is basically acting as uh, a bit of a translator from what the hork want their constitution to say to legalese, um, which I really like. And it's, it's uh, <laughs> Rachel points out because Tobias is like, yeah, that's uh that seems like a big task to just sit and, and deal with the bickering because the, the groups of hork don't agree on what the constitution should say. Which I also really like because it shows them not being a monolith and like having differences of opinion and stuff within their group. Um, and Rachel being like, don't feel bad for my mom, uh, because she's, she's fucking living for this shit. Um, and Rachel is just so glad to be going on a mission because she's just been sitting around and hates it. Um, <laughs> When the bickering stops, that's when she's miserable. Ah, must be gen- genetic. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow. Uh, but it's one of the things that Tobias loves about Rachel, so you know it's meant yeah. in good in good taste. Uh, mm-hmm. Good. Uh, good. Yeah, also, taste. Rachel doesn't contest this either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you you frequently get the impression that Rachel's very proud of her mum. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. they get on, yeah. Like so, yeah. Just like yeah, my mom's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's and it's just about that. Uh, as a sad spin on that, it's genetic. That whole thing about her mom will argue even if mm-hmm. she's wrong, mm-hmm. and will win, mm-hmm. and just how the way Rachel approaches fights and battles, yeah, and will just keep going until there's nothing else, yeah. And then I'm sad about Rachel again. Uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also uh, love that she calls her mom Thomas Jefferson in heels. Uh-huh. Like, that's <laughs> just incredible. It's a little bit in bad taste considering the hork are, like, Native American and or black-coated. Uh, and Fair. Thomas Jefferson is a garbage person. But also, the, the kind of 90s... Uh, mm. uh, elevation of the founding well and also continued elevation of the founding fathers and just being like yes this pinnacle of fucking uh human uh, achievement american human achievement achievement, american achievement and uh rachel's mom being just a fucking badass um i also put in my notes uh in all caps really resisting the urge to make more hamilton references Yeah, yeah, uh, it's pretty dope, um, and I love how her mom is just shown to have completely accepted everything. Like, no, this is my life now. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay, totally so I'm giving cool legalese to these aliens. Yeah. But also, 
She get one. She's still being a lawyer. The thing. Oh look, she's taking refuge in the thing she's good at. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But her children are. Safe. Shade. I'm coming over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. As you should. Um, but Sarah and Jordan are safe, and Rachel mm-hmm. is clearly capable of looking after herself as she always does. Mm-hmm. So Naomi can breathe mm-hmm. because she knows her kids are safe. Mm-hmm. And there is no stopping Rachel from doing what she's going to do anyway. <laughs> so why try? Uh-huh. We also, you can imagine the argument that happened between oh, yeah. Naomi and Rachel on the <laughs> on drive. The driver. The back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was definitely a knockdown, drag out argument that happened that we didn't see on camera. <laughs> um, uh, but we cut to Tobias's plan. This is such uh, a good plan. Yeah. Fucking hell. Rachel, Marco, Axe, and Tobias are the ones in on this plan. Uh, they do a dog switch. Like, uh, Lauren goes walking in the park with Champ and goes into, like, this, uh, covered archway area pedestrian tunnel um and there in the darkness they do like like pit racers fucking uh switching out the dogs in the harnesses uh with you know champ for tobias because yeah. uh, lauren's being tailed by the uh controller who's been posing as a as a homeless woman yes um and but they they have this down to an art like Axe is like doing like updates, like doing the countdown, and mm-hmm. it's just this part of the plan goes so flawlessly. It really does. It's- Tobias and Lauren go back to Lauren's house, and Tobias immediately goes into uh, uh, action. Um, yeah. Here's the plan. Here's the plan. Uh, he returns to the living room. Um, and he's like, the clock's ticking. We got to get out of here. And Lauren at the moment, <laughs> in the moment, is just like, your voice doesn't sound, it's just sort of there in my head. It seems like you're the dog. Um, and, and Tobias is like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Put your hand on my face, on the dog's face, and leave it there. Trust me. Um, and, uh, she does so, and he demorphs. At first, she's like, obviously freaked out by the fact that like Tobias's dog face is melting under her hand um, especially as it's a face that obviously because it's champ yeah it's that a she face she's so mm-hmm. familiar mm-hmm. with um and Tobias like reassures her like it feels weird it's okay he stumbles over the word mom he can't bring himself to say it um and uh Lauren does as she's told. She keeps her hand on his face the whole time. Um, meanwhile, uh, cars are screaming in from all directions and Marco calls like, you need to get out. They're onto us. This is not a test. Get the fuck out of there. And Tobias is just super focused um, on what he came here to do. So he, while they were doing the dog switch, Rachel uh, put something into Lauren's purse. It is the morphing cube. Um, and yeah, we got this great. I got we get a great deal to, detail of Cassie taking it out of her room when they bugged out of her mm-hmm, place. Mm-hmm. It's been disguised as one of those photo paperweight cubes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is just mwah, that was so such a lovely little detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so props to the consistency in this book. 
We don't have any yeah. weird plot jumps. This the the presence of the cube was brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Chekhov's cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lauren gets the morphing power, um, and then Tobias has her acquire him. Uh, talks her through acquiring him and then morphing him, uh, without really explaining what she's doing. He's just like just just follow my directions, and to her credit, she does. Like, she does exactly what he says without, like, stopping to ask for explanation or anything like that. Um, She's a natural. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And she morphs red-tailed hawk. Um, And it works. Uh, And the only time she kind of really freaks out is when her her hawk eyes come in and she can see again. Um, And... Then the house kind of explodes uh, because Rachel is here as an elephant. Uh, <laughs> Just charges um, straight through the house and out the other side, picking up the cube as she goes. This yep. is... Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, because the helicopters, are, like, the Yerks are fucking here and the others are like, you need to go. What are you doing? Get out fucking now. Um, and But also, uh, this whole sequence of his mom morphing him brings up a lot more questions about uh this his like humanity versus like being a hawk now oh yeah no he's a hawk now that can sometimes turn into a human like hawk is his default form okay Yeah, Elemis fucker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biologically speaking, he is a hawk that can turn into a boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone could have acquired him before the Elemis fucked around. Because mm. I don't I don't know if a Nothlet counts enough as a like, morph or not that you could acquire from one. Um because it doesn't happen anywhere else. Right. Um, but I think with the Elemis fuckery, like, because of the way he, he switched it up, that Tobias's base form is now a hawk. Um, so. Okay. I just, like, always had that question. Yeah. Because no, I know weird. you can't, like, acquire a morph from a mm-hmm. morph. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. damn, does this officially mean that he's not actually yeah. human anymore, technically? Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> um, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> now, we don't have that time to unpack all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You just you just speed ran all of Tobias's character development. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, I need another drink. Yep. <laughs> uh, but they need to get out of here. And Lauren's like, what the fuck do we do? And Tobias is like, we fly. And she does the thing that everybody always does. They're like, I don't know how to fly. And Tobias says, let the bird do it. The bird knows how. Um, and she catches on really fucking quick. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next, like, two, three chapters are all just a tense 
fast-paced mm. uh, chase yeah, we, plus battle. Um, we go in and out of a warehouse. We get this great scene with fucking just Marco showing up as in Gryllamorph. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like as they're flying, Tobias gets called to by Marco. Again, the ho- the crew looking out for each other. Um, mm-hmm. They get to the warehouse. Uh, there's, it's just, it's chaos. It's panorama. We do get the visual of a gorilla on a scooter, mm-hmm. uh, knocking over Marco can- shelves in the mm-hmm. warehouse. Because Marco yeah. driving always has to involve destruction. Mm-hmm. Um. And but this whole time, as well as getting away, Tobias is like protecting Lauren. Like, mm-hmm. uh, attacks a controller that would have got a shot off at by like attacking its hand. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we get this fucking moment. Like they they win the fight effectively in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard work, but they get they get there. Um. Uh, throughout this, there has been that the, the helicopter that Danielle mentioned. Um, and, um, and so I was like, okay, so we're going to give them what, what they want. Uh, Mark was like, are you insane? And so I was like, yeah, aren't you? <laughs> um, I've got more flight time than any chopper pilot alive. Let's see how low she'll go. Because it is the granny controller from mm-hmm. the blood bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is literally... Tobias versus helicopter. And it's yep. an incredibly smart technique because he's really just trying to get her low enough that the um the landing skids get caught in power lines. hmm hmm Yeah, he's trying to draw her out and get her distracted enough from flying that she doesn't pay attention to where she is and like her surroundings and gets caught. Um and it's working until the fight in the warehouse kind of spills out into the parking lot, which is, was kind of their plan so that uh, the helicopter could get at them. Um, and uh, the controller in the helicopter s- swings around and starts to uh, get a bead on Rachel, um, who is still an elephant morph, um, and Tobias goes after the helicopter just straight out uh, because it's Rachel. And then Lauren... He's shit-talking the helicopter pilot, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, It's like, you, what, you need a bigger target, you can't uh-huh. hit a little bird. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and to be fair, I think Granny is loving it because she's having a, a whale of a time. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, miss Granny Controller as, as like, a memorable... <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. NPC villain mm-hmm. sticks in the head uh, but uh, n- now it's going to get real sad again yeah uh, because Tobias goes after the helicopter to save Rachel and Lauren sees uh, that Tobias is basically in Granny's sights um, and she bodies Tobias uh, out of the way of this dragon beam and gets hit in his place. Um, at first it seems like she was killed instantly. Um, but Tobias can see her breathing, uh, and calls for her to demorph. And at first she's reluctant because she doesn't want to lose her sight again. And Tobias is like, but you'll be alive and you can always turn back into a hawk later. 
Which is kind of an understandable uh, uh, hesitation for her because she doesn't understand anything about morphing. Um, for all she knows, she turned permanently into a bird. <laughs> I don't... Um, and so, you know, he, he explains to her really quickly, like, morphing is based on DNA, it should fix your eyes, and you can always morph back into bird. It, you, you can always come back here. It's fine. You need to demorph. And she does. Um, and she gets out of the way just in time, uh, to, um, to not be hit by the helicopter, which is crashing. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but the visual is really fucking funny. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the, the, the tail of the helicopter slams into like a sign outside this little strip mall. Um, and, uh, goes down. Tobias's mom moves and the chopper just like plunges into the asphalt, um, right where Lauren had been and just explodes into flames. Um, to be fair, helicopters are really good at exploding. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also get away. Incredibly hard to fly. I've got. I've got to give credit to Granny. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is that helicopters are incredibly difficult to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff you have to take into consideration, especially like keeping them still and doing maneuvers is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and we cut to the Hork-Bajir Valley, uh, where Lauren is playing frisbee with Champ. Um, getting away was pretty easy once the chopper exploded, the controllers kind of deserted, Psycho Granny bailed just before impact. Um, they retrieved Champ on the way back, uh, and Lauren it was extremely fucking ecstatic to see her dog, uh, in multiple senses of the word. Um, and Tobias, uh, admits he felt a moment of jealousy for a dog, calls himself pathetic for it, um, because the fact is that his mom still doesn't have her memories back. Um, we get a sight of, uh, as Lauren is playing Frisbee with Champ, um, we, we get another glimpse of what's going on in the hork Valley and Rachel's mom is teaching them how to read and write uh, because they finished the the constitution and then they realized she realized that they couldn't sign it. Um, they didn't know how to sign it. Toby was the only one of them that could read and write. And so she took it upon herself to teach them all to read and write, which, which specifically a couple of days ago, she'd gotten the kinks worked out of the hork constitution. She'd read it to them. They voted unanimously to accept it. She set it on the table ready to be signed. And they just stood there confused. Toby, the seer, was the only hork in the valley who could read or write. The rest of them didn't even know how to hold a pen. So they voted to have Rachel's mom teach them. Excuse me? Her voice had thundered through the valley. Do I look like a teacher? They voted again and decided that, yes, she did indeed look like a teacher. Which was Naomi truly is Rachel's mom. Like, I'm sorry, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jake and Tobias are sitting at a picnic table. Tobias is in human morph. For some reason now, it feels more right 
to be in his human body. Um, I'd never really been comfortable in my human body, even back when I was a regular non-Nothlet kid. But now with Lauren here, I wanted to at least try it out for two hours at a time anyway. Um, and I'm gonna just read to the end here. Uh, Lauren, my mother. I watched her race after Champ, pull the frisbee from his mouth and send it sailing across the valley again. Her scars were gone, her long blonde hair fell shiny and straight down both sides of her head, and she could see Morphing had restored her vision. I'd thought, hoped, that it would also restore her memory, but it didn't. She still didn't know me, didn't remember anything from before the accident. Cassie had tried to explain it. Morphing can fix injuries, she said, because all the information needed to recreate the cell is stored within your DNA. But memories? How are those stored? As electrical impulses? As part of your soul? When they're gone, maybe they're just gone. Yeah, maybe they were. Maybe the little toe-headed kid would never be anything more than an unrecognizable image from a life my mother would never remember. But she'd thrown her body between me and a dragon beam. Like Cassie's mom when she saw Axe. Like Rachel's mom with the spice rack. Whether she remembered me or not, loved me or not, my mother almost died trying to save me. That had to count for something, didn't it? Have you told her about Elfangor? Jake asked. No. I shrugged. I will, I just haven't figured out how. I mean, how do you tell somebody that she used to be married to an alien? That she loved him and he loved her and that because of their love they had me? And then, after getting her all worked up over a husband she can't remember, say, Oh, and did I mention he's dead? Jake nodded. He stared out over the camp, at the cabin he shared with Marco and his family. It was weird. We'd almost traded places. Tobias the orphan suddenly had a mother. Jake, the poster boy for the all-American nuclear family, was alone. Living in somebody else's house, the way I'd always had to live with one ragtag relative or another. Not knowing where his real family was. They're still alive, I said. We can still save them. Can we? He picked at the splintered edge of the picnic table. What do you think's going to happen to Tom now that Visser One knows he's been living with an Andalite bandit all this time? How much do you think his life is worth? A lot. That's just it, Jake. Visser One needs him. Needs your parents. Now more than ever. He needs them so he can find us. He needs them to draw us out. As long as we keep fighting, Visser One will keep them alive. And the book just fucking ends there. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> uh, nothing quite like an ominous cliffhanger. <sighs> yep. Also, before we get into um, <clears throat> all of that, <laughs> um. <laughs> I just looked at my notes again because I wasn't paying attention. Um, Izzy, I know you're listening. Izzy, I need Axe with a Barney backpack sticker, please. Izzy. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Because the Morphin Cube had to get back to the others. So yeah, fucking Axe with a little Barney backpack bouncing as he runs around and you know that backpack had to belong to one of the sibling uh, one of Rachel's sisters right oh like, absolutely mm-hmm. just impeccable I Ugh. do want to know Axe's thoughts about Barney the dinosaur because he's absolutely <laughs> seen Barney <laughs> yep. Yep. 
That is a thought I never had until now. As to why so many kids hated him. I know, like, at that point, we might not have reached the saturation point of Barney. Maybe. Did you know Barney the Dinosaur is coming back? And it's fully CG animated, by the way. It's a nightmare. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Mm. Because heaven forbid you pay somebody to act in a suit who belongs to a union. Let's just get CG animators to do it instead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this upsetting stuff. Right. So how are you I've feeling about your son there, Bella? So many feelings. <laughs> God, he just he just needs a hug. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, that, all of them do, but mm-hmm. that air of hopelessness to Jake here Ugh. is brutal. Yeah. And the fact that, like, I I think what makes it worse is the fact that everybody else gets their family except for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So he just has to watch everybody, you know, giggle and be happy that they got their families out and just suffer in silence because you know he's not going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Because he's doing what's good for the group. Yeah. And I cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <sighs> It's interesting to me, particularly this inversion of Jake and Tobias. Um, Because at the very beginning, we know that Tobias idolized Jake and wanted, uh, you know, big fubu energy. uh, Wanted to have Jake's life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that he doesn't get his family at the expense of Jake's. Mm. Um, you know, it's n- it's just something that happened. Yeah. That they have kind of switched places. It's not because of any one thing. Um, but... Because you know if it had been like that, there would be so much resentment. Oh my god, yeah. It, w- it would possibly tear the group apart. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, you know, it's just very interesting to me. And especially that, like, this idea of Tobias trying to be human more often. Mm. And how he didn't do that for Rachel, but he's doing it now. Because he has, again, we're coming back to that theme of hope in these books, right? We had yeah the, the in book 47, uh, you know, talking about Jake's hope 
slash lack of it and how it really is kind of hopeful how how he acted in that book and um we talking about 48 with Rachel and her you know as much of a mess as that book was how you did have this kind of conflict of hope and her hope for being able to get out of her position and here you have Tobias someone who has never been able to envision a life outside of the war because he was like I'm I'm a bird now like that's it is finally able to envision a life in which he has family and has a reason to be human again yeah but it's at the expense I mean it's not but we also have Jake losing his source of hope um but also I don't I don't feel I mean in this moment yes he has lost hope but I don't think it's gone forever because they're still alive as long as they're mm-hmm. alive they're he still has, he still can have hope. Right. Because he's had hope about Tom this entire time. Yeah. And nothing has changed except for they're no longer living in the same roof. Yeah. He's still determined. But I, I think he has lost something very significant here. Um, I think something's hardened mm-hmm. in him. Yes. There's a thought that just struck me that I'm sure will get me yelled at um, regarding Tobias in this moment. Um, I don't think Tobias expected or has expected to get out of the war alive. We've seen his kamikaze attitude, and I think it was fully somebody like not actively courting Mm -hmm. death, but like, my death would be acceptable in mm-hmm. winning this war. And now, as well as Rachel, because you got to wonder, like, yeah, like mm, well, the war's fucked up for Rachel, fucked up for and has fucked up Rachel. Mm-hmm. So she is not separate from it in his mind. And now there is not just seeing his mother thriving, but also like the Hawk Bajir thriving. Mm-hmm. Like this is the ideal, isn't it? This is a yerk free world. It's the Hawk Bajir building something. It's love being freely shared. And it's all of this. And now he has the potential going, I actually do want to be on the other side of the war. Mm-hmm. I can feel comfortable embracing my humanity because I'm not expecting to die. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to. Now I want that. So it feels like it's one like I don't want to. It's a it's a poor comparison. But it's one I've got like, oh, I'm saving it for a rainy day. I'm saving this nice piece of jewelry or perfume till I have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be there. It's nice to have, but I'm not going to use it. And now he has a reason to want to. Also, mm-hmm. dear listeners, wear the perfume, eat the cake, fuck it. You don't know what's around the corner. Enjoy the things you have and embrace it. You deserve nice things. Mm-hmm. Have cake. Wear cool clothes. Do what you want. Love each other. Anyway. 
But seeing Tobias in this moment step up, effectively taking Jake's usual role in this moment, Mm -hmm. watching all the others and giving advice to one Mm. of the group. This is the first time I've sat here going, oh, Tobias could be the leader, huh? He really could. Oh, no. So. Yeah, he could. He would he would never want he wouldn't he wouldn't and he wouldn't he wouldn't make a power play for it he wouldn't challenge jake for it he wouldn't as i say he wouldn't necessarily want to but he could Mm -hmm. i mean to be fair jake didn't really want it either but no he yeah and he took it and he's borne that mantle and we've seen the weight of that mantle slowly crush him Mm -hmm. (laughs) slightly slowly a little bit Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. one thing about like you don't notice uh, how much weight you're carrying yeah, it's f- if it's being slowly added to until you put it down. Yeah. yeah. Until like your fucking spine has been compressed. Mm-hmm. It's like that feeling, you know, when you take off a heavy backpack and you feel like you're floating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you didn't realize just how, or like the frog in the boiling water. Mm-hmm. You don't realize because oh, yeah. it's happening gradually. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that it's killing you. So, this is such a good bu- fucking book. This is so <laughs> and good. I'm d- and I'm sad, and I'm really glad Bella was also here to be here and yell about it. This was <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the it's managed to do that balance of this is gut wrenching mm-hmm. in places. Like, and we didn't get too into the weeds like we mentioned the really awful thing happening Michael, but there's a lot of real brutality mm-hmm. in this book violence wise like we've really skimmed over that fight in the warehouse it is nasty yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we see the kids inflicting very brutal injuries mm-hmm. like because all bets are off now mm-hmm. um they're going to come for our families? Okay, I guess we're done holding back. Mm-hmm. And and that point is part of why I specifically wanted this book. Uh, mm. Because, I mean, not because of like the gruesome fights, even though I do love a good fight scene. Um, this, to me, is probably one of the best books in the series. It's got a very good mix of like good characterization, funny bits, the drama, the heartache, the comedy. Like, it's it's just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Can't believe this is the same ghost fighter that did the kangaroo book. <laughs> it's great. And you know what we call that? Growth. <laughs> <laughs> And even to be fair, the the kangaroo book was not devoid of merit, as we said mm-hmm. when we were discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also a kind of a shitty premise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it makes me intrigued to read the uh, to get to the last book that this ghostwriter did uh, and see how it holds up. Mm-hmm. But uh, which book was that? You said it was fifty one. Yeah, the absolute. It's the one with the duck. Fucking animorphs are so weird. <laughs> because once you're in the know, you can just say, oh, it's that one. And everyone, oh, yes, 
that one. And he was like, what the fuck? Not not for me. I don't. I fully just cannot keep track. Uh, hold on. I'm I'll DM you. The, oh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Oh, why is Marco uh, turning into a duck? This is an upsetting do, do, cover. Do, do, do. That one's really funny because Tobias also turns into a duck and he's super salty about it. <laughs> Very good. Oh, um, oh, this book. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, that one. It's fine. Fucking. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I will say, and, and mentioning covers, while the uh, morph from uh, Hawk to. Uh, German Shepherd is definitely funky looking. Uh, this is a real, this is one of the stronger covers, mm-hmm. I will say. Like, I really yeah, like it. This is also a depiction of Tobias I don't hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he actually looks like a kid and he's mm-hmm. blonde like he should be. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. We should do some rankings as uh, Bell has already brought us into this. Uh, this, to be fair, this might be a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Do we have a clean sweep across the board here? I think so. I, I'd say so. It's really very Holy good. Shit. Joasco, here we go. It's finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> We've done 10, to 10 any... out of 10s before. Yeah, but all on them. all three categories? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think we did it for 33, and we did it for another one in recent memory. I don't remember. It might have been 45. Um, I'm not going to retroactively go back and reduce anyone's ratings. <laughs> but also, <laughs> this is the new high point, I think, for me. There have been some truly mm-hmm. excellent before, but like Bella's, this is like right up there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but yeah, no. This this tends across the board for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I have no nitpicks about those three things. Like any tiny nitpicks, we sort of talked about and immediately were like, "Well, actually." Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't. I will say that I think the characterization is good across the board. I don't think it goes quite as in depth as some others have for certain like four characters fair fair um but it doesn't need to so yeah i mean i feel like what it does it does very well mhm so like it doesn't need to be super in depth yeah um also were there any discussion questions i saw that you posted yeah about uh, it but i didn't dirt- follow up <laughs> Dirk live blogged a fair reaction, um, but didn't necessarily have any questions. And uh, Joasco and Sean, I don't think, had any questions. Uh, I didn't really see any, so. Okay. Mostly they were just, like, yelling about it, which is fair, because it's it's <laughs> a yelly kind of book. It's yell-worthy. Um, uh, what was your favorite part? this is the problem with good books it's hard to pick out a specific because there's so many good Mm. moments in this i think mine is jake morphing in front of his parents Mm. that's so fucking sick like that's such a like 
baller ass move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a book with a number of baller ass moves. Right. Like yeah. um and the moment that I think is gonna stick with me aside from Grizzly Bear <laughs> with a forklift. <clears throat> um and just a fucking elephant full on just running th- front to back through a house. Um that moment where Lauren takes Tobias as champ's face and he almost passes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that microcosm. Mm-hmm. Oof. And the conversation between, I think, Lauren and Tobias. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's necessarily anyway, but that visual of the two of them at that kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I can just picture it really clearly in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think for me, it's like getting the parents out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, and and the fact that the kids know their parents so well mm-hmm. and know the exact mm-hmm. tactic to be like, all right, bitch, we got to go. Mm-hmm. And have it work without mm-hmm. putting up a fight. Top yeah. tier. Yeah. Yeah, I might change my answer and just say Rachel being like, no, mom, I am the best. <laughs> and just picking up. Just like, are you going to hit me with a spice rack? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a scene, that one. Um, mm-hmm. Because just perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as it, it's a book full of really strong, good moments. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you? It, this book went hard. I think the level of violence in it, mm. because you get accustomed, I suppose, to like the kids being involved in brutal situations. That mm-hmm. fucking description of Marco with the his beak ripped off his Ugh. face Ugh. and they're fully about to slice his throat mm-hmm. fucking chill I read that and I was like oh shit shit <laughs> because we've seen the kids Marco especially deal with life threatening injuries before and always but Marco it's so often like Rachel comes close a couple of times but Marco seems to have the most grisly kind of ones. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, whoops, I've been disemboweled again. <laughs> let Tis but a let Marco. Wound. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't, I'm going to talk about Marco later. Um, but just how hard this book went. Mm-hmm. And I've said that before. Um, but every time we felt like that extreme escalation, mm-hmm. like this is another one of these turning point books, like, oh, oh no, this is it. Uh, if we weren't, if it wasn't clear what with Marco, like facing, like having to fake his death and everything, like that was definitely like a moment where, oh, things aren't going to be the same anymore. This is that like dialed up even more so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the stakes have changed and gotten higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels very. Uh, you can tell we're coming to the close of the story. It feels very like final season. All bets mm-hmm. are off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, forget what you thought we'd do. Oh, yeah, you know this is the kids' book? Yeah, here's what this has happened. Mm. And it's only going to get worse. Yep. Uh, yep. I mean, I will say that Mm -hmm. I fully did not remember the whole uh, blood bank plot line. Oh, yeah. But I definitely remember the last half of this book very vividly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a pretty solid memory of this book. Not of, like, the specific oh. details, but of the... I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> no big reason. None at all. Uh-huh. Uh, um... Was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand? Nope. Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essential Animorphs reading. Yeah, absolutely. One yeah. million fucking percent. <laughs> it's a little important. It's uh, a lot important. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh... Thing is, this is also one that you wouldn't be able to recommend this in isolation. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were like pull like as as is nature, if you were going along the row of all the animals books and like pulling out, these are what you have to read. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, next time we read book fifty, the absolute. With Emily. Uh, that one. It Things just continue to get worse. They don't stop getting worse. Uh, they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, hate this. I You mean, listeners, you hear the tone in these two motherfuckers' voices? I'm going to suffer so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the next one is actually the ultimate. Oh, it's the ultimate. That's what it is. Yeah. Thank you. Which is Yes. Mm-hmm. I I'm thinking of the right book. I just misspoke on the title. Um gonna be so 51 bad. I think is the absolute and then 52 is the sacrifice. Whatever. We'll get there. And then 53... 53 is the answer. 54 is the beginning. Yeah. Okay. The fact that we have Emily as the guest, and this is a Cassie book, know that I am a fear. You should be About what? Many things! (laughs) 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 Many things! (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Cassie isn't like badly characterized, so you don't need to well, necessarily good. fear that. Um, that wasn't the nature of the fear, Danielle. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah, it's uh, great. Good. Yeah. Tune in next time for my continued suffering. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, I'm sure. Yeah, half of the reason why people tune in, just like, mm, what's Jade mm-hmm. gonna say now? Yep. Uh, which, to be fair, is the premise of the podcast. It is, in fact. Uh, we'll have to figure out uh, when we finish the books and we start doing like our sideline episodes how we're going to change the intro. 
Um, two die. Also, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm very curious as to based off of this cover of the next book, what you think it's going to be about. I I don't know. Like I don't know. I just I have this sense of foreboding. Um. Oh, that's just the backdrop for these entire. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. The fact that it's called The Ultimate, and given what the connotations of that, and to be fair, many of these titles have felt somewhat misnomered. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this our last Cassie book? Yes. Yep, cool. Great, good. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it? Hate it. Um, I do not believe... But Cassie is uh, going to die, to be clear. In terms of Jade's predictions for the end of the book, I don't think that is Cassie's role in things. I do fully expect bad shit. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Danielle's mm-hmm. going to both enjoy it and be very sad with me. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, hey, Bella, thank you for coming back and uh, yeah. chatting about this book with us. Thank Absolutely. You. Anytime. Uh, and tell tell people where they can find you and your things. Yeah, um, no, what do people what yeah, they should. Well, you can find me on Instagram, uh Twitter, Twitch, where I play video games very poorly. Um I actually just did my first charity stream. Ooh. Uh, and raised $400 for nice. a local queer POC organization called Southern Fried Queer Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Incredible name. Love that. Right? They're, they're, they're great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly really, truly most active on Twitch because I, What's social your media is hard. On uh, it is just the Bellatrix with two X's. Because one is boring and three is dirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally, naturally, naturally. Uh, my wonderful co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, FTL Cast. Follow the leader uh, on Twitter. Um, check it out. They're doing a special kind of mini season of Pathfinder right now. Uh, and it's excellent work. Um, they always do excellent character work over there. Uh, and if you're reading Animorphs and you're listening to this podcast, you probably like excellent character work, so you should go listen to them. Um, um, yeah, they're wonderful. Go check it out. And my co-host, uh, Nefarious and Delightful, uh, in equal measures, is Danielle. You can find them online at Red Child Hawk 90. Keep your eyes peeled for Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish Volume 2, a game where you two can play out Animorphs to your heart's content and do all the AUs you've been musing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you won't have to pay anything for it because mm-hmm. uh, it'll be free. Uh, you can also uh, hear their home podcast, uh, The Room Where It Happened, Season 3, Elder County, Tennessee. If you want your urban fantasy with an Appalachian flair, you should go check it out if you enjoy Great character di- dynamics, uh, help big personalities 
Shout out to the faction game. Uh, and a real dedication to storytelling. You should check out the room where it happened. Um, and before we sign off, uh, if you do not know, I am currently doing a GoFundMe uh, raising money for top surgery. Um, the link Hell to yeah. find pinned on my uh, Tumblr, uh, jadoxwoodrose. If you could share that around, chip in any little bit of cash, that'd be great. Because I live on Turf Island, and it really sucks getting affirming healthcare here. So it's expensive, but I'm doing the thing. Uh, and it would be cool to know that the uh, that there's that spot going on. But uh, yeah, that's out there in the wild. Oh, and also, um, go stream Mighty Morphin Teenagers. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yes. Because that's the uh, thing. Bella's own game of Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish. Uh, you should go it, listen to it. It's pretty great. And it's fucking stupid. <laughs> In the fun way, not like the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Animorphs contains multitudes. Uh, that it do. That it do. All right. Alrighty. We should do a clap. Clap. 40? 40. 40. 40.